Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter, where today on the podcast is a post-game reaction edition of the podcast, the Denver Broncos fall to three and seven and they lose in historic fashion. Just when you thought this season couldn't get any worse, it gets a little worse. I, I keep continually saying this on the podcast. Where is rock bottom for this team? And apparently we still haven't found it. We'll tell you why they lost, what you think of the loss, and who is to blame. Because quite frankly, it's finger point in time because this team is just, well, they're bad. We've said this on the podcast before. They're a bad team, and we're going to try to fix it on the podcast. We'll get some reaction. But first, our friends over there. At tab 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, 70 Colorado beers on tap, and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasoning fare is just tremendous. Head on over there to tab 14 on the web. That's tab14.com, tab14.com. Denver loses 27 to 23. They have a 20 to nothing halftime lead before they throw it away. Minnesota outscores Denver 27-3 in the second half, and of course, they get the defensive stand at the goal line to get the win. Now, we'll go over the quick stats, the ones that stand out at least. Let's start for the Denver Broncos on third down, 5 of 18. Now, they were 4 for 4 on fourth down, and they outran play-wise the Minnesota Vikings 75-58. to They did have nearly 400 yards of total offense. They finished with 394. This was a team that, uh, look, penalties were at least on the lower end for the first half, but for the second half, they did get called for a couple critical penalties. They finished 6 for 35. They did win the turnover battle. Uh, That was two turnovers to the one, the one being the Brendan Allen interception that was thrown in time of possession. Denver won this in big fashion, 36 minutes to 23 for Minnesota. When it comes to individual statistics, the Denver Broncos get a 17 for 39, 240 game, one touchdown, one pick for Brendan Allen. That's good enough for a QBR of 62.6. Where Kirk Cousins on the other end, 29 to 35, 319 yards and three touchdowns. His QBR 78.0. The Denver Broncos did sack Kirk Cousins five times and Tell you what, on the defensive side of things, wow, what a game from Shelby Harris. He was in the backfield constantly and uh, officially total-wise racked up three sacks. Von Miller also recorded one as well as Draymond Jones, the rookie. Denver got uh, fumble recoveries from A.J. Johnson and Josie Jewell. Big day for Cortland Sutton when it comes to receiving. Five catches for 113 yards, including that 48-yarder. He was targeted nine times. Noah Fant was your top target. 11 targets, four catches for 60 yards. Where Tim Patrick, how about Tim Patrick? Big body on the other end, four catches for 77. Like the receiving core moving forward for this Denver Broncos team. So, that is how they rounded out when it comes to uh, notables and statistics. Now, I want to really focus in on um, that second half because, look, uh, if you watched the game or you kind of read a recap of it, you understand that the Denver Broncos had everything firing in the first half. It was 20 to nothing going into halftime. Denver had turnovers, favor in their way. They were scoring touchdowns. They were very aggressive on offense. 
Second half comes around, and all of a sudden, this is a, first of all, this is a team that uh, allowed a nine-play, 75-yard drive to the Minnesota Vikings to start it off. But Denver then gets an opportunity to score as uh, they get a field goal out of Brandon McManus, 12-play, 52-yard drive. So you're thinking, okay, well, they're not going to completely collapse in the second half, right? And then Minnesota gets their touchdown again on an 18-play, 75-yard drive that took off five minutes on the clock. Um, and really more so than anything, it, it really kind of put the 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 scare into, I think, Denver Bronco fans and the idea that, oh boy, here we go again, right? That was that was the thing that the Denver Broncos fans have been saying all year long in the idea that they're not going to be able to hold this lead. Buckle in. This is going to be a tight one. Then Denver punts their only punt, a three and out, a quick three and out, their only punt of the second half, which is kind of mind-blowing that they punted only once and yet still gave up all these points. Then Minnesota goes right down the field again on a three-play, 62-yard drive. That, of course, was on the touchdown, the 54-yarder to Stephon Diggs that uh, just absolutely flew by Chris Harris Jr. And now it's a one-possession game. It's actually a three-point lead. Denver goes down the field. They they line up for the field goal, which, of course, was missed by Brandon McManus. And then the second touchdown from Kirk Cousins to Stephon Diggs. Uh, or excuse me, it was the one to uh, Kyle Rudolph, the 32-yard touchdown. And then, of course, the Denver Broncos go on that final drive that ends at the goal line. Um, I'm going to put a major emphasis on play calling. I am stunned that the Denver Broncos have this conservative play calling, and I'm going to point out the notable one, which was uh, really at the opportune to uh, look, uh, potentially score more than just a field goal. They ended up uh, basically punting the end of the drive to line up for a field goal, a very conservative play calling with the idea that, oh, okay, we're just going to take the points, we're going to take the three points, and we're going to run. Instead, what happens is they go with a sweep to uh, Devontae Booker of all runners. Like, of all runners, Devontae Booker is the one that you want out on the field with the, with the game on the line. With all due respect to Devontae Booker, he really hasn't been utilized as a guy this year. And yet the Denver Broncos trot him out to try to hopefully make it a 26-20 game in which it doesn't even matter because if Minnesota scores a touchdown, they take the lead anyways. McManus, of course, misses the field goal. Minnesota gets the touchdown. And then Denver tries to to drive to to try to win the game in which they can't uh, obviously convert at the goal line. And it's that conservative play calling that just drives me nuts. And, And I've said this on numerous podcasts. They are conservative when they need to be aggressive, and they're aggressive when they need to be conservative. And it just, oh my gosh, I don't have any more hair or any more explanations to to describe this. It makes no sense. The idea that Noah Fant is supposed to be integrated into this run game. Why? Why do they do this? He had two rushes for negative seven yards and a third kind of, Shovel pass wonky thing. I just don't understand why they're doing this constantly. Week after week, it's the same issues. Why? That's the million dollar question that we're trying to figure out. And and there really may not be an explanation at this point with the understanding that, hey, maybe the answer is Rich Gangarella just doesn't get it. Now, there's a lot of people 
defending Rich Scangarello, which is kind of mind-blowing to me because I think he is a big culprit of why they lost. The conservative offense just does not make sense to me. Uh, But there is fair points being brought up by several, and those fair points really rotate around the idea that this Denver Broncos defense was just bad in the second half. That's the reality of it. They were bad. And look, on scoring plays... How about the long one to Chris Harris Jr. uh, that was just simply beaten? Now, there was supposed to be a safety down the middle. So you're talking about not only did a wide receiver or a cornerback get torched, but also there was a miscommunication in formation. Uh, The Kyle Rudolph touchdown in which he just walks in to the end zone. But really more importantly, it was a touchdown drive after a touchdown drive after a touchdown drive after a touchdown drive to finish that game for the Minnesota Vikings. And that's why, that's why you, that's a big part of why everybody is more so, I think, excusing Rich Gangarello as opposed to uh, hammering the defense. And you know what? It is quite valid in the idea that you should not allow a nine play 75 yard touchdown drive followed by an 18 play 75 yard touchdown drive followed by a three play 62 yard touchdown drive and then finished off with a five play 67 yard touchdown drive. That shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. You should not lose up 20 at halftime. That should not be a loss. It It is unbelievable how the Broncos continue to lose these games that are they're, they're served up on a silver platter. They do all this work to make this beautiful cake as a chef, and they're overachieving. And then when, it, when they go to eat the cake, they dump it in the trash. It is unbelievable week after week how this continues to happen. Uh, there is blame to go around in several spots, and, and I just, uh, uh, wow, wow. Let's get to your responses on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E the letter K Radio on Twitter. Uh, Adam posts a GIF of Tim Tebow running around in circles and then helplessly getting tackled. Which, yeah, kind of, kind of, <laughs> it's exactly that. It's just, it's baffling. It's baffling. Jeff on Twitter. Sports Meme Online says, Tale of two halves. Team looked good and could not take advantage of Viking mistakes. INT by Brendan Allen was crucial instead of forcing a run. Uh, instead of forcing a pass run a couple times with Phillip, even a field goal would have been huge there. Then McManus in the fourth quarter hurt. Um, the the INT certainly was a big deal. Um, I, I will say this. The interception eventually led to a punt by the uh, Minnesota Vikings, so I'm not going to be super critical on the interception. Uh, look, uh, Brendan Allen saw a window. It was a very tight window. Quite frankly, that interception really is on Noah Fan. I think he's got to he's got to fight harder for that football. Uh, but the interception was a bit of a risky throw. And yes, they probably should have ran the ball. They should have uh, took the idea of look, we're up twenty. We'll just take a 23-0 halftime lead and move into the second half. But instead, they were fishing for more points, being a little bit greedy, points chasing. It bit them in the butt, certainly. Uh, Ryan on Twitter also posted, we're at gifts mode with this Denver Broncos team, posting a gif of a roller coaster that runs out of track and just falls off the cliff, saying, me getting hyped for the Broncos. Yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying, Ryan. This is... This has been a very difficult season to kind of bear through because they continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Josh on Twitter says, why the outcome was expected, just not the way it happened. Second half play calling with a lead. 
They had no quality proven QB on the roster in the CB position outside of Chris Harris Jr. is suspect at best. The O-line also continues to have breakdowns at the worst possible time is what Josh has to say. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm going to agree with the majority of what Josh said. I, look, I, I actually thought they were dominating the trenches for the first half and they were better in the second half. But the problem is, is when you set up a predictable and very light play calling situation, it is tough. And you're kind of just pinning the whole offense in a really bad situation. And while, you know, and Josh says they have no quality or proven QB on the roster. I understand that. But I tell you what, Brendan Allen did enough to win this football game. He did enough to win this football game. Yeah, the stats don't look good. The box score don't look good. But this is a Brendan Allen who threw a a nice little touchdown pass, and and did enough to win the game. Yeah, he threw a, a real bad interception, but it was at an inopportune time that that the uh, Minnesota Vikings did not take advantage of. They did not lose this game because of Brandon Allen. Of course, you can react on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E Little K Radio on Twitter. We're going to continue on with some of your reaction. You can tweet me at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We'll get to more of your reaction on the podcast next. Welcome back to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, a post-game edition of the Denver Broncos loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 27-23. Look, this is a Denver team that now falls to 3-7, and seven, and I suppose if there's any silver lining in this game, it's the idea that the Denver Broncos are very much going to be picking probably in at least they've locked a top 15 spot. Uh, top 10, not so much locked yet, but uh, it is certainly looking, uh, I don't know if it's grim or positive. I don't know how we're supposed to characterize it or define it uh, if you're a Denver Broncos fan. But uh, look, Denver picking currently in the tops, uh, top eight now if you are a Denver Broncos fan. So there is that. It's, of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. Continuing your reaction on Twitter. What did you have to say about this Broncos loss? Jim on Twitter says... But, 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 they, they, they covered the spread, question mark. You know, here, here's the thing. If there is a silver lining to put in this game, it's the fact that the Denver Broncos went toe-to-toe with a very good Minnesota 8-win Minnesota team, by the way, on the road in a hostile environment. The problem is, is, look, uh, if and buts, candy, nuts, something about Dan Hawkins, he didn't get the win. You didn't get the win. That's the period end of story. We can talk about moral victories and bad uh, wins or, or good losses, whatever you want. But the reality is, did you get the win or did you get the loss? That's the end story goal here. And the fact of the matter is that the Denver Broncos lost and in a fashion that I think they could have avoided if they had done differently things elsewhere. So certainly something to be noted. Joe on Twitter, Bronco Joe 19 says, this team is so close to being good, it's extremely frustrated. I think Joe brings up a really good point here, so I appreciate the tweet. It is frustrating because of the fact that this is a team that looks like they could be a, a playoff contender next year. Look, if they don't blow some of these close games, this is a team we're talking about that maybe is 6 and four, whatever, ever, maybe it's like, it's, it's crazy with the idea that if a play call goes correct against the Chicago bears, if the Denver Broncos stop the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, before they kick the field goal, uh, at home, if the Denver Broncos get a touchdown on that goal line stand with Brendan Allen, then all of a sudden 
They're six and four, and this team looks totally different, and they're very much, in fact, they're leaving this week tied, tied for the wild card. That's how close it is in the NFL, and that's how much these games matter. And uh, unfortunately for the Denver Broncos, they just have not been able to get it done. Justin Cox on Twitter says, The Broncos D failed to make adjustments in second half when necessary. Brendan Allen is a good story, but no franchise QB. Offense seems to be way way too conservative, up 20 in the second half. I totally agree with everything Justin said. He knocked it out of the park with that tweet. Nice job. Frank Valdez says, Scangarello's play calling generally sucks. Chad on Twitter. You win when you play to win. You lose when you play not to lose. You'd think we'd know that by now. I'm telling you, preaching to the choir, Chad. Nice work. David on Twitter says, I was feeling so good, then I was feeling sick. The first half showed what Denver can do with good play calling and good plays in all three phases. Why do there have to be two halves? Totally understand. Uh, it's very, very frustrating. Um, look, I, I, there it is weird because this is a contingency of fans that uh, seem to be very split down the middle when it comes to the play calling of Rich Gangarello. And, and some are instead deciding to uh, uh, basically defend Rich Gangarello and say, well, he's... Uh, he's got Joe Flacco and Brennan Allen. Let's cut him some slack, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it's, it's, no, it's his first year, whatever. Look, we're 10 games into the season, okay? 10 games is a long time, okay? Quite frankly, with preseason, they're 15 games into the season. That's basically a full year. On top of that, this is not even a talent thing. It's not the, it's not the idea that it's, it's, an offense that is or isn't scoring points. It's the fact that it's a certain type of play calls and the scheme that they have. You know, why do you run uh, a, a a give up draw play on third and seven to basically say, you know what, let's just take the three points on the field goal and just be done with it. I, I just don't understand that. In the end, obviously, we saw them miss a field goal. And this is why I don't I don't criticize Brendan Allen's interception as much because you know what? That was a team that was being aggressive, trying to go get points. And you know what? It backfired on them. So what? At least you were trying to go get points. Instead, in the second half, they revert to a completely opposite mindset. The team is 3 and 6. What do you have to lose? Play aggressive. And then the, the the understanding that Noah Fant could be this, this versatile option on the running attack just makes no sense. I tweeted this out on the week one, the very first play when Noah Fant ran the football. I said, I 100% do not need to ever see Noah Fant run the football ever again. And they continue to get to try to work him in as this trick flavor. Uh, like they're going to, he's going to outrun people. It's like, stop. It doesn't work. Ditch it. It's not working. No, Vic Fangio should have told Rich Cangarello this. It's not working. Abandon it. Stop. Uh, they got cutesy in the in the first half, and look, things were working their way. I quite frankly didn't like the Cortland Sutton throw. Uh, I know that ended up being a uh, completed pass, and so everybody's going to look at that as a good play call. Look, why are you throwing the football with Cortland Sutton? Why? Cortland Sutton's not a quarterback. I want to see them utilize Cortland Sutton. I want to see them at the four-yard line utilize their best option, and yet they couldn't 
because they never went to Cortland Sutton towards the end. Now I understand. He was he was killing it. He was making Xavier Rhodes look really, really bad. And unfortunately, this Vikings team was double teaming. So that should lead to some one-on-one matchups that you should be able to win and should be able to execute. But unfortunately, they could not towards the end uh, when they were going after Noah Fant. Uh, it's just a frustrating, frustrating time to be a Denver Broncos fan. Uh, I can sympathize with you because, man, this is a team that should be winning these games. Uh, now, silver linings from the game. Cortland Sutton, he's blossoming into an all-pro all, uh, right before our eyes. This kid is absolutely uh, a special stud. Um, Fangio's defense, I think, is starting to come together. Uh, yes, they allowed the constant touchdown passes, but quite frankly, that's a good Minnesota Vikings offense, and the offense was not putting them in, in good positions with the missed field goal, uh, with the three and out. There were just there were opportunities. There was, of course, the blown assignment, but there were opportunities for that offense to put that game away, and they just simply did not. Shelby Harris looked absolutely incredible. Multiple sacks uh, in the backfield constantly really was a major presence, and uh, making major plays for that Denver Broncos uh, defense. And then, uh, look, Brendan Allen showed a little bit of, um, I don't know if moxie's the right word, maybe gusto, maybe a, a fearlessness in the idea that, look, he went into a very hostile environment. He did not look flustered. He was aggressive at times. I like his backup potential. He's no franchise quarterback, but I like his backup potential and certainly what he did in that game. But uh, look, another collapse, fourth fourth quarter, blown lead this year. This one, a 20 to nothing halftime lead. Just unbelievable. Um, playing to, to not, I, I really, I'm not even sure if it's playing to not lose. Look, a third and seven handoff to Devontae Booker of all runners. When you had the opportunity to try to go for touchdowns there on third down, you're not getting the first down in that case, and you understand that you're punting the down and you're praying for a field goal from McManus. That's that's playing to lose, quite frankly. That's playing to lose that game. It, it just makes no sense to me. So, at, uh, I, <laughs> There isn't much to say. There isn't much to say. Another loss by the Broncos, and in the very much the same fashion, uh, just a real unfortunate, uh, well, time to be a Broncos fan, I guess. And and maybe there is a better uh, future, a light at the end of the tunnel. But boy, this, you know, for as much as people want to say, well, a couple, couple things could have been different and another light at the end of the tunnel and yada, yada, yada. Well, this team is now three and seven and trending more towards another five win seasons Broncos blitz podcast of course presented by our friends over there at tap 14 1920 Blake Street just a hop skipping and jump away from course field 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits we're all done for the podcast hopefully you uh tune in on the show 7 a.m mile high sports radio of course every single weekday Monday through Friday 7 a.m that's mountain standard time so if you're on the east coast or east coast friends that's 9 a.m be sure to tune in as we'll be talking Broncos for a majority of the week as uh, another week of preparing for a very tough road game. This one against Buffalo as uh, they got to figure out how to stop Josh Allen and that Bears offense and a pretty strong defense now as well, too. The Denver Broncos coverage continues at MileHighSports.com. And of course, uh, with MileHighSports.com, you get all kinds of player profiles, interviews, discussions, debates. Be sure to look for that at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com.
Ronnie We're all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time on the daily edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast from Mile High Sports. And of course, find more info on the Denver Broncos at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>